I am J.A. Lovelock, a barrister, an author, but most importantly, a crime junkie. Welcome to my podcast, Behind the Yellow Tape. What's that oath that doctors take when they're newly qualified? First, do no harm? I think some of them must have been asleep at the back of the class when the oath was taken, because not only did they cause the most horrendous harm, but did some of them even go on to commit the most unspeakable of crimes, like murder? Hello and welcome to the program. I am J.A. Lovelock. In this episode of Behind the Yellow Tape, I check out some seriously dodgy doctors. Various tales can be found of 19th century medical practitioners who turned out to be killers rather than healers. One of those was Dr. Thomas Neil Cream. Born in Scotland in 1850 and raised in Canada from four years old, Dr. Cream studied medicine at McGill College in Montreal. Soon after graduating with honours in 1876, Dr. Cream and one Miss Flora Elizabeth Brooks had an encounter, which led to Cream's first taste of abusing his power. Miss Brooks had become pregnant by him, but the doctor did not want to be a dad. So what does he do? He makes her have an abortion. And worse, he performs it himself. Poor Flora did not survive that operation. After her death, Dr. Cream became the main suspect. But that was no deterrent to him. Because soon after that botched abortion, he met another young lady. And what do you know? She too falls pregnant by him. But unlike previous occasions, he wasn't going to get away with this pregnancy, not so fast this time. This young lady was the daughter of a wealthy man. And once this father found out that his wealthy daughter was pregnant by this perhaps not quite so wealthy doctor, he put a shotgun to Dr. Cream's head and forced him to marry his daughter. But there was no happily ever after here, not this one. Because the day after the wedding, Dr. Cream abandoned his new bride and hopped on a ship bound for England. What a cad. So once settled in his new country of England, he enrolled as a student at St. Thomas's Hospital in London. Now, one of the main things about St. Thomas's is that the student doctor could study the effects of chloroform. This was of particular interest to Dr. Cream, as we shall see in due course. Soon after his time at St. Thomas's Hospital, Dr. Cream moved to Edinburgh, and in 1878, he qualified as a surgeon. In August 1879, a year after Dr. Cream's arrival in Edinburgh, the body of a Kate Gardner was found in an alleyway behind Dr. Cream's office. Funny that. Question is, what has poor Kate Gardner got to do with the good doctor? Kate, dear listener, was his mistress and, and was heavily pregnant with his child. Here we go again. He clearly doesn't like a woman being pregnant for him. He clearly has a problem with that. These women, however, didn't get pregnant all by themselves, you know. Hmm. 
Turns out poor Kate was poisoned by chloroform. Chloroform! And the not-so-good doctor was accused of the murder of Kate and that of her unborn child. Having been accused, did the good doctor or not-so-good doctor stick around for the outcome? Of course not. He fled to the U.S. of A. So now we have a wanted man. And to escape justice, he moved back and forth between Canada, the United Kingdom, and the U.S. And this he did for many years. Strangely enough, while in Canada, he sets up an abortion clinic. What? Well, perhaps not quite so strange. This is a man with what we would call background. Remember Flora Elizabeth Brooks? Mm -hmm. Soon after the setting up of the abortion clinic in Canada, somebody else turns up dead, a chambermaid, and her death was linked to, guess who? The finger was pointed at, yes, Dr. No Good Cream, and knowing that he was a suspect yet again, what did he do? Run away, of course, to Chicago. This man was so on the move. In Chicago, he opened a practice close to a red light district. Here, he offered cheap abortions to prostitutes. Then they began to die. Firstly, there was a Mary Faulkner. Then there was a mistake. But it wasn't just prostitutes that were on his hit list. No, he branched out. He even had the audacity of murdering his lover's husband. That was uh, a Daniel Slot in 1881, for which he was convicted and sent to prison for life. However, he was released early for good behavior after serving a mere 10 years. Once he was freed in 1891, Dr. Cream, as he still was, returned to London, Lambeth particularly in South London where he set up a clinic. On the 13th of October, 1891, Dr. Cream met 19-year-old Ellen Donworth, a prostitute, for a drink. On the 16th of October, Ellen Donworth was dead. Strychnine poisoning. The man just cannot help himself, can he? An inquest was held on Ellen Donworth. And get this, during the inquest, Dr. Cream wrote to the coroner offering to name the murderer in return for a substantial reward. Some people would call that and um, say he was a cheeky beggar. On the evening of the 20th of October, 1891, Dr. Cream met another prostitute for a drink. Her name was Matilda Clover. By the morning, she was dead. And so the list of dead prostitutes continued to grow and grow. There was 21-year-old Alice Marsh, 18-year-old Emma Shrivel, strychnine poisoned, all of them. However, Dr. Cream's time was running out. He was caught after his first round of killings, when he claimed the lives of his final four victims. 
In some cases, he had put toxic compounds in the drinks of his victims, then left the scene before even witnessing the effects of the poison. On the 13th of July, 1892, Dr. Cream was charged with Matilda Clover's murder. Of course, he protested his innocence. Why wouldn't he? First, he put the blame on two respectable London doctors. And when that didn't bite, he claimed he was a Thomas Neil Cream, someone else, and not the convicted Neil Cream that he is. However, when police searched his home, they found seven bottles of strychnine and equipment for making pills. On the 17th of October, 1892, Dr. Cream's trial starts and it lasts four days. The jury took just 12 minutes to find him guilty of murder. That's 10 minutes too long to my mind. Anyway, after such a verdict of guilty, he was sentenced to death. What led Dr. Cream to the hangman's noose was his own failure to keep his big mouth shut after his criminality and murderous ways. He bragged about having extensive knowledge of the murders to several acquaintances, including a New York policeman. And he even gave tours of his crime locations around London. What a fool. Well, he wouldn't be doing any of that for too much longer, I can tell you. Because on the 15th of November, 1892, Dr. Thomas Neil Cream had an appointment with the hangman. He was hanged at Newgate Prison for the murder of prostitute Matilda Clover. And now the case of another doctor involved in very harmful practices. But that's another story for another episode. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for more fascinating and interesting matters that go on behind the yellow tape. Till then, you can keep in touch by emailing info at btytpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Matt Harris. Seton Tucker and I host the podcast Impact of Influence, which for two years covered in depth Alec Murdoch, who was eventually convicted in 2023 of murdering his wife, Maggie, and son, Paul. That story continues to evolve, and we will cover that. Plus, we will tell you stories of other true crime events that have happened in the South. Please join us on Impact of Influence. And give us a follow on the Impact of Influence Facebook page.